Hey, good morning, Drive Time. Welcome back. Uh, as always, I'm David Drum, and I am with uh, Pastor Joel Thompson today. Uh, Joel is the campus pastor of uh, the Assembly in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. And that's a, a little bit of distance away from me here in Southwest Florida, Florida. But Joel and I are actually classmates uh, in an online program at Southeastern University. And I'm uh, really excited to have you here, Joel. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for spending a little time with us this morning. Yeah, absolutely. I'm honored to be here. And, um, you know, whenever somebody says, do you want to be on this podcast? You're kind of like, well, you know, what? do I have to offer or what do you want to hear from me? You kind of get a little bit like, okay, I've got to, I got to get some good stuff prepared. <laughs> well, and, and it's, it's funny that that's where your brain goes. Cause that's basically what we're talking about. Um, before we, you know, hit record on the video and, and we were kind of going through our process of, of discussing what we're going to talk about. Um, you know, we went down this road of, you know, kind of the, just the, the, every guy I know, we all want to be confident. None of us want to come off as arrogant. We want to be humble, but at the same time, still be proud of who we are and what we're doing. And it's so, you know, that's, that's my question for you today, or that's, that's where we're going to go is, is I feel like there's a collision course for those four topics or those four, you know, traits. And it's how do we navigate that as guys? Yeah. I, I think it's funny that, that we did land on this topic. Um, I've always said that if I were to write a book, um, which I'm not sure that I'm at that point in my life yet, I'm too busy with uh, school and work and raising a family. But if I were to write a book, I've said that the book would be called fine lines. And, um, I think there's another book that's just been released that might've kind of stolen my thunder. And it's, it's talking about the paradox of ministry. And I can't remember who it was that, that wrote it, but, um, it's these different paradoxes in life and it's, um, you know, it might be humility versus confidence. Um, and you know, what's the difference or the, the line between, um, networking and brown nosing even. Um, so anyway, um, you know, just really trying to make sure that we, that we are in that middle and not getting off into a ditch on this side or that side. And so if I wrote a book on fine lines, humility and confidence, um, that's a, that's a huge one for me. Um, I think just being very honest, if, if I go to a church or if I go to a place where I am listening to a speaker and, and there's this air of arrogance about him, it's tough for me to really want to to receive that in a healthy way. I might, I might hear it. I might take in those, those truths or those concepts, but whenever I hear it expressed with arrogance, it's, it's really hard for me to, um, to want to keep on listening. And so, um, I definitely think humility is a core value of mine. Um, I have alarms that I set in my phone, um, for every day at nine o'clock, a different alarm goes off. And on Thursdays, um, the alarm that goes off, it says, be humble. You are only a vessel. And so because that's a core value of mine, I make it a point to constantly remind myself of that and try to stay disciplined to that because, you know, I don't think that Jesus, though he was walking around and had a crowd following him, I don't think he was seeking a crowd. I don't think he was trying to, you know, be up with the latest fashions. I, you know, I think he was very, um, just humble and who he was and his presentation of the gospel. Um, 
and it wasn't an arrogance, it, but it was a confidence in knowing that, that he was the Messiah. He was the son of God. So he didn't need to um, project a certain way. He could just be who he was. And that's why the Bible says that people were amazed at his teachings and saw that there was a certain authority to it. He would say, you have heard it said this, but I would say to you this. And it was just this, how do you argue that? I mean, you are the son of God. And so uh, humility, I think we see it modeled in Christ. Um, But I think we also just have this natural appreciation for, um, for humility in people. Um, I, a little bit of background on my humility, um, and feel free to cut me off at any point you'd like, but, um, a little bit of context to, for humility and why it is such a core value of mine. I'm the baby of five and being the baby of five, if there was a Thanksgiving dinner or whatever, um, even if it was just the families getting together, I was the kid who didn't have a seat on the couch probably. So I would be sitting in the floor and, um, because I was the youngest and I was, um, the baby by far, I mean, my, my oldest sibling is about 17 years older than me. So they would be having more teenage or adult conversations. And I'm down there maybe playing with cars or GI Joe's or whatever. But a lot of times I would sit there and I would listen. And so to not have a seat, um, maybe in the highest place of honor, I guess, if you will, and to not always be the one who had the most dominant or prominent voice that kind of, uh, by default default taught me or forced me into that humility, I guess, to some degree. Um, and so I think, I think that that's, that's been a good thing for me is I don't always feel like I have to have all the right things to say. Um, but I think, I think a big part of leadership is listening to what others have to say and, and responding appropriately and asking the right questions um, to what they have to say. And again, some of that was taught to me um, because of my early upbringing. Gotcha. And, and I feel like there's probably about three different directions I could go right now, but I want to, I want to go back to something you said a couple minutes ago, you talked about how Jesus was, and, and this is how my brain works. You know, we, we read the Bible and there are obvious commands, things we're supposed to do. And then there's also a lot of principles where we're just, we're watching how Jesus or the disciples navigated something and we're trying to extract a, a principle a behavior out of it um, that maybe isn't overtly spoken. So in the case of humi- humility, it's like, okay, well, yeah, the, the Bible does say, you know, uh, to be humble, but what does that look like? And, and you pointed out, you know, like Jesus was extremely humble, but he also had a confidence about who he was because he, he knew who he was uh, more than anyone else. Um, so is there a way that we can take that as a principle uh, in a sense where it's like, okay, uh, I am called to be humble, um, but know Do you believe that starts with knowing who I am in Christ or knowing who I am as an individual? I mean, where, where does your mind go when I ask, when I, when I talk about that? Um, well, this will, 
kind of date, date who I am, but you know, I talked about growing up and being the baby of five. Um, so my, my brother who was, um, just above me in the, in the birth order, he was five years older than me. And so I would often get to watch shows or movies, um, that he chose to watch. I say get to, um, it was a privilege. We would watch a lot of star Wars and karate kid and things like that. And, um, recently, um, I've, I've been watching Cobra Kai, which was kind of the spinoff of the karate kid. And it, you know, being a pastor, it, you always see things and, and hear things through a little bit of a filter and think, Oh, this could be a message. And, and I think of, you know, for those who have seen the karate kid, a lot of guys probably listening or watching the podcast, nobody watched the original karate kid and thought, I just really love this John Kreese guy. I mean, the, the guy who's leading uh, Cobra Kai, nobody's like, he's amazing. I just love his, his methods. I just love his approach to how he guides and leads his students. I mean, he was aggressive. And I think in our culture today, our society today, men are, um, to be a man, you kind of have to have this, uh, machismo, this, like, this is who we are. I'm, I'm the master of the grill or, you know, I'm, I'm, I could hold my own in a fight or whatever. And, and I think, you know, that's always a good thing for our confidence to, uh, to have those qualities. But again, if you look at the alternative with Mr. Miyagi, uh, Miyagi and Daniel's son, um, there was a certain gentleness. There was a certain, um, ease and grace to the way that they did things. Um, but I think one of the most important things, if we wanted to look at it with humility is there was a dignity to the way that Mr. Miyagi led his, um, the ones that he was, that he was teaching and leading and with, with Cobra Kai, I mean, it was just a, a brutal discipline. Yes, but it wasn't done with like concern for who they were as, as a, as a person. And so I think, um, was Mr. Miyagi dangerous? Yes. He could definitely hold his own, but did he walk around and, um, and try to just, you know, throw his weight around in that way? No. I mean, he was pretty unsuspecting. And I think that's what humility is. Um, it's kind of like the lion, the witch in the wardrobe. Whenever they ask about, um, Aslan, they're like, is he, um, I forget what they say. It's like, is he, is he kind or is he nice or is he gentle? And, and the, the beaver is kind of like, he is, he's the king and he's dangerous. Um, and so we have to remember that humility isn't about not having what it takes. Humility is about having a, a certain sense of bridled confidence and knowing that, yes, I have what it takes, but I'm not here to try to Lord over you, um, anything because who am I to do that? Um, there was a story of a, a boxer on a, on a bus and you, many of you have probably heard this and I can't remember who it was exactly, but you know, somebody got on, on the bus and they said, um, excuse me, you're in my seat. And, um, this person got up and he, you know, excused himself and he let that person sit down. Of course, the person who took the seat was, was bullying and, you know, pushing his way through life and things like that. 
whenever the the man who got up and gave him his seat left to get off the bus at his stop, he gave them his business card and it was a professional boxer. I want to say it was like Joe Frazier or somebody like that. Um, and it's like, he could have just pummeled that guy and just wiped the floor with him. But he had this, this, uh, this, this bridling to his potential that he was like, that's not my job. That's not my role. That's not my heart is just to disrespect you in this way right now. Um, I've got, a, I've got bigger things to do in life and to worry about you basically. So I don't know if that's making a, a lot of sense, but that's, that's where my mind goes, but knowing who you are, um, and being confident in that, but also knowing I want to portray Christ in a way that is, is appropriate. And I think humility is a, is a big part of that. That's an interesting story because I feel like there's so many different directions we could go with that. I mean, like in its most simple form, I think about, you know, a parent playing uh, football or basketball with a, a, a small child, you know, six or seven years old, like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I've got kids as old as uh, 22 right now and as young as 11. And when I play basketball with my daughter, who's 11, um, you know, it, I could, could I stop her from getting to the basket? Yes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I don't need to do that. So I guess that's where my brain goes. It's like, yes, I have this physical capacity. I'm confident that physically I can stop her movement. Uh, but I make the conscious choice to make that game, that time with her more about her and her abilities than about me and my abilities. Um, right. and, and that's basically what I heard you relaying in that story is, is you, know, you have this boxer who, who he's confident in his abilities. He knows who he is and what he could do. Um, but in that moment he chose to put all that aside and okay, fine. This is, you can have your, your, your chair, your seat, your moment, and, and maybe someday the light bulb will go on. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm coaching my son in basketball right now. And, um, we got to practice about 45 minutes early, um, the other day. And as, as kids would start to show up, I was playing my son one-on-one -on -one, and then a friend showed up, um, another teammate and it was two on one. And of course, you know, I, like you said, I could have just every shot, I could have blocked it. But is my job in life to um, to show my dominance um, or is it to help others along? And I mean, obviously we all have our calling. And I think if you're a professional basketball player, your coach is gonna say, show your dominance. But um, especially in the right setting, it, it is to say, I need to do everything I can to, um, to share with you what's been given to me. Not that I'm some spectacular ball player, but the knowledge that I have that I've at least attained over time, I'm going to say, okay, here's how, here's how you learn to go around somebody who's bigger than me. Again, I mentioned a, a brother who's five years older than me. We played basketball in the yard all the time. The reason I was able to, excel somewhat in that sport was because I always had to play a kid who was five years older than me, my brother. And so 
I do think that it's important to, to, to push, um, like my son in that way and, and let him know that you're going to face kids or who are going to, you know, swap the ball out of there sometimes, um, or steal it from you sometimes. And you're going to have to learn to deal with that frustration. But again, my biggest, uh, help to my son is to be able to help him along and to help him advance. And cause if I was just like, this is all about me, then I'm not leaving a legacy. I'm just kind of more establishing just me. And, and for me, it's way more important than that to, to leave a legacy with, with my son. Um, and, and I've got a, another son who's five years old, who's not involved with sports yet, but whether that be sports or faith or whatever that, that is, um, I want to leave a legacy in that way. That's interesting. You, you start talking about that, that direction of legacy. Um, so, because it, where my mind is going now is like, okay, what, what does all of this look like? You know, again, I feel like there's different directions we can go to. Um, you know, the guys who are watching this, uh, probably listening to it uh, on their way to work or whatever. And when they get there, um, yeah, you, you want to be competent in your occupation. Uh, you want to be confident that you can resolve the issues that, that um, face you through the course of the day. But how do, how do the guys this week, you know, being drive time, we like to, to land on that tangible and we take it out of the, the, the conceptual side of things. How do we um, apply this, this, idea of humility this week? What are some tangible steps you think we can do, um, over the next five or six days? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think something that I've been sorting through in my own life is having a vision for my life. And even with my new year's resolutions this year, I kind of was unimpressed with my own resolutions because they were more general. Um, they were, you know, be a better husband, be a better father, be a better pastor, um, be healthier. And there wasn't like specific lose five pounds, 10 pounds, whatever. Um, it was being the word more. So they were very general. Um, but at the same time, I, I think determining who I want to be is, is critical. And, um, you can, you can lay out those other details later as far as how you're going to get there. But, and it's easy to have a vision for an organization to say, we're going to be uh, one of the top 20 in this field, or it's easy to have a vision for somebody else. I mean, um, uh, somebody giving a vision is here's a picture of a preferred future. So if, if humility is, is who you want to be um, or being humble is who you want to be, I think you have to have that vision for your life and you have to have an intentionality for your life in that way, um, to be disciplined in that area of your life. And so, um, always looking to say, how do I put others first? Um, I'm a, an Enneagram three, which means I'm a performer. That means I'm an achiever. Um, but even though I'm that, is that going to override or supersede again, my desire to help somebody else along. No, because, because I've just desired this vision for my life of being humble. I'm going to put others first, um, a message, uh, a, a verse from the message Bible, um, in Romans chapter 12, um, it says, make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. And, and that's uh, again, Romans 12, 
from the message Bible. And so, um, I think it's just saying it's, this really isn't about me and to, to be humble. I'm going to, I'm going to make this a, a daily process. I'm going to have constant reminders in my life of what that means to be humble. And so if you're leading an org- organization, um, I'll, I'll tell a quick story. I went on a business trip to Ohio one time and it was a, a guy from Diebold Incorporated. They sell like drive-through banking uh, systems, um, like what you would send your, your stuff in the tube to the teller inside. Um, they have ATMs, a lot of safes and uh, deposit boxes, safety deposit boxes, things like that. But I met with some of the top brass in Diebold And there was a guy named Frank Alexander. And I would say he was probably top three or four in the, in the entire organization. And this was a worldwide organization. And I remember meeting with him and being so impressed by who he was and how he carried himself. But then we took a walk through the warehouse. And as we walked through the warehouse, he would say, you know, Hey, Sheila, how are you? How's your husband? Um, How's his back doing? And he would ask a question about somebody that he really didn't need to know the details of their life, but because he, because it wasn't just all about him and because it wasn't just all about selling ATM machines and things like that, he was like, I'm going to take the time to notice you. I'm not going to be the great somebody. I'm going to make friends with what, I guess in in that circumstance, she was kind of a nobody in the business, at least as compared to him in the, in the corporate ladder, I guess. Um, but he, he acknowledged her and he knew her and he knew the details and he, he knew her husband's name. And I thought, man, I'm so impressed by this guy. And I want to be like that. Like, as I go through, um, you know, if I'm going up to preach, I'm going to walk slowly through the room. John Maxwell talks about walking slowly through the room and taking time to be with the people. And if you do that, people are going to care a whole lot more about what you have to say. And so humility, it's not just so that we can lessen ourselves. Humility makes us, uh, I guess to be a little bit more attainable or reachable or, um, understandable. Um, you know, we talked about taking classes together and, um, there was a, one of the classes I read a book on, um, Latinas evangelicas. And it talked about the, um, the norms of these women in these Latin American countries. And they had this term called Jesus Sato, which basically means like Jesus street rat. And I've talked to people from, Latin America. And I'm like, have you ever heard this? Some of them are like, no, I've never heard that. But, um, basically the concept is, is that in a lot of Latin American, uh, culture, there's this high regalia, you know, the priests in their robes and they've got these gold chains around their neck and the crosses and almost unattainable, unreachable. How can we ever get to that level? But to communicate to the people who are in desperate need of a savior when they will these latinas evangelicas when they will go and do evangelism they will present jesus as jesus sato to be able to say you're considered maybe a street rat 
but Jesus came down. He emptied himself of his divine qualities and he's made himself available to you. And so how do we put humility into practice? I think we have to look at what Jesus did. Look at what Frank Alexander from Diebold did. Look at what Mr. Miyagi did. Look at what Joe Frazier did. And we say, I'm going to, knowing who I am, I'm not lessening myself, at least of the knowledge of who I am. Jesus still knew he was the son of God. But, but to be able to do more and to be more effective and to be able to reach, become all things to all men, I guess, if you will, I'll do whatever it takes to, um, to be able to be on, on people's level. I don't want to be above people's level. It's kind of lonely. And so, um, I'd rather just be with people. That's way more important. And that's really good, Joel. Um, I, I, I like the way you, you kind of broke that down and, and the, the character references of who you're talking about, because there, there is a way to go through those settings where it really does feel like it's all about you. Um, but that's exactly, exactly right. Jesus never emptied his, his mind of who he was. He would, he knew who he was and he was still made his encounters about the ones that were cast aside and discarded. So that's certainly a, uh, I, I won't say an easy starting point, uh, but it, but it is a specific starting point as we go into our week. So, um, uh, Joel, I can't thank you enough for, for spending some time with us uh, and, and just giving us a, a, a different perspective on a topic that we have talked about. But this is, I feel like, a, a, a very unique uh, point of view on it. And so thank you for doing that for us. Yeah, I'm happy to. Hey, would you mind if I prayed for the guys? All right. Father, thank you so much for the men who are hearing this. Um, anybody, anywhere, God, wherever they are in their lives, God, I pray that you would just... Uh, give them what they need this day. God, I pray that you would just speak life and vitality and vigor to know that they are uh, mighty men of valor. God, even if they don't see that for their own lives, God, to know that that you call out the things that are in us that we might not see in ourselves. Uh, maybe we consider ourselves humble, but it's actually even caused us to, to have a less than menta mentality. But God, I, I speak life over these men. God, I pray for favor in their walk with you. I pray for... Uh, uh, just your goodness for your grace to surround them. God, I pray that you would just, uh, just fill them with your strength, God. And I pray that you would help them to be confident in, in who they are, to be confident in their calling as men. And God, I pray that you would help us just to model you and all of your attributes in every area of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for that. Gentlemen, I'll see you again here next week. Same time, same place on Drive Time.